0: Hello and welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast's interview with Scott Bakula. This is a very special interview for me because when Heather and I first started the Quantum Leap Podcast, one of the goals was to have Mr. Bakula on the show. I didn't know if this would really happen, but I'm so glad that it did. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Mr. Bakula for being on the show. Such a nice guy to do this for us. I really appreciate it. And also a very special thanks to J.D. Schwartz for helping us arrange all this. If this is the first time you're listening to something from the Quantum Leap Podcast, welcome. What we do is we're going through the entire series of Quantum Leap, one episode at a time. We recap it, we review it, we discuss all the topics that were raised in the episode, and just uh, have a good time talking about Quantum Leap. So if that sounds good to you, check us out at quantumleappodcast.com and on iTunes. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Scott Bakula. How are you doing sir?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. All is good.
0: Can you tell me how you got involved in quantum leap
1: you know it was uh, it was a weird time i it was a kind of an odd circumstance i I was in uh New York doing a show on Broadway and I decided it was time to leave the show and uh everybody was saying, "What are you nuts to hit show and you saidOh you why would you leave it and I said oh, no I just it's time to go back to l a and um and so I left the show and Four weeks later, I got this audition to uh, go in and meet Don Belisario and, and read this thing, and they just sent me a couple scenes from it. they, they look good, and, and um, that just led to one you know kind of one thing after another. and ironically, that the last two people that I was up against uh, for the role were from New York, so they flew them in from New York. So I guess maybe if I'd stayed in New York, I still would have <laughs> gotten the show. It's hard to hard to say, but uh, sometimes it's just better to be in the room. Um, you know, wherever the producers are. So that was it. It was just a kind of a twist of fate. If I'd stayed in that show, I wouldn't have gotten it. So, wow. um, just kind of fortune.
0: When you got the role of Sam Beckett, did you think it would be as big of a part as it ended up being?
1: No, I don't think I would. I, I honestly, I don't think I had any kind of clarity about that at all. I was kind of overwhelmed by just being in the show and, um, getting the pilot to the two hour pilot and being, you know, uh, being in it with Dean and, and uh, Don Belisario and NBC. And it was, I mean, it, was a, it was a huge deal at the time, Brandon Tartikoff and, at the Network and, and the Universal Studios. And I was just more focused on trying to see how I could deliver, you know, as best. It I wasn't, you know, you don't tend to think about the future very often. You just kind of try to do the best you can while you've got something. And so I was just, you know, completely focused on that. I had no idea about the parameters, of, the, the possibilities that the show could could be because I don't think anybody really did at that point. They were just kind of, Don had sold this idea, and you know, the legend, the story is always that, uh, he was in, a, in the room with Brandon Tartikoff, and Brandon said, I want to, be, I want you to do a series about the Silver Surfer. <laughs> and, uh, and Don said, uh, yeah, okay, that's interesting, but how about, what if, I, how about this idea instead? And he pitched him Quantum Leap, and, and, uh, Brandon said, yeah, go, all right, go make, go make that. So, That was a lot of support from Terry McCluggage and Gary Hart at Universal. They were real champions of the show. And, and, uh, you know, we were kind of off, but the idea, the parameters of it that we, and it could have the longevity and the, and the kind of worldwide uh, effect that's been associated with the show and, and how it's just been received everywhere and how it's, how it still plays so well and people still respond to it is that's something that's just really been kind of I don't think there's any way to you know predict those kind of things but it's it's a what are we coming up on 20
0: 26 yeah
1: yeah since we hit the air and it's uh it's you know it's something I'm just so proud to have been a part of and it always whenever I'm reminded of it or people talk about it it's always with such good good feeling that I feel and they you know associated with the shows it's, it's just been a great wonderful you know part of my career anyway and And so many other people that worked on the show, the actors, the creative people, the designers, the writers, everybody's just really had a great, it was a great association, all, all things around, you know, CCH Pounder on NCIS with me. She did an episode and, and uh, a couple of years ago, I did the last five designing women and, and Terry Hatcher and Marcia Cross had both done episodes, you know, a long time ago and just a lot of those kind of stories and, great crew people that we worked with and still bump into. It's, it was a good, really good, talented group.
0: Do you think you're going to have uh, more people that you worked with on Quantum Leap on NCIS New Orleans?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I, it was it was a kind of a fluke that it worked out that Dean could come on, which was it's always so great to see him and be around him. Um, and, you know, it's, I worked with a lot of actors on that show. You yeah. know, I, I can't even count up how many actors, but I was talking to CCH about it the other day and, you know, just, we we figure, you know, you start, doing series television you end up working with thousands of actors over the course of your career if you're lucky and that, there were lots of great ones on that show and a lot of great actors that went on to you know be continue to be great actors and and work in the business so um hopefully uh you listen we've been extremely lucky to have a wonderful group of uh guest actors come down this year to New Orleans to work so I hope that you know we can get more and more to come down
0: when Dean was on the show, was it like old times?
1: Yeah, you know, it was. A, it was. He was just there for a day, really. So he, he, I think, he was there the day before, and we shot us all morning. And then he got. I think he got on a plane and left later that night. I can't. I can't remember what how if he was there that night or not. I was still and He left. And we had a whole another day of shooting to do, and then uh, he was gone. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're uh, we're kind of shorthand. You know, we know each other so well, and, and we have such. Fond, strong memories and history together, and Ginny Whitmore directed that episode, so that kind of compounded the the, the emotional aspect of the day for all three of us, and um, it was pretty remarkable. It just it was great, Great
0: and a lot of people in the fan community were very excited about that episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty, uh, you know, just another. All, all the days with Dean are pretty remarkable, but that's one I'll I'll, I'll never forget that one for sure.
0: Do you remember like a specific point while you were filming Quantum Leap when you realized you had a hit on your hands and you were going to be there for a while?
1: Um, never. Um, we never we never had that kind of security. It, it, in retrospect, everybody looks back and says well, you guys were you were such a big hit, and we really weren't a big hit. We were marginal. I think we had six time slots in the course of the four and a half seasons. We barely got out of the first nine episodes in the first our first half order. We were on the chopping block really at episode six and. And that's uh, the driving Miss Daisy episode really, kind of saved the show, and put the show on the map, and kept us around for season, you know, for a full season. And that's really where we got going. And but you know, we, gosh, we had it. We were in a really tough time slot. I think it was China Beach and uh Wise Guy was at Ken's show. I think the two. That's where we started on Wednesday nights. Although I think we might have started on another night. We premiered against Moses. You know, I mean, it was just. <laughs> It was just, uh, you know, we were, it was definitely stacked against us for a while. And we slowly kind of just, our fan base just kind of grew and supported and and really forced the issue with the network. I, there was a time, I forget which season it was, I think it was after Brandon had left uh NBC and Warren Littlefield was there and they did a whole commercial where he was sitting at his desk and they poured thousands of letters on <laughs> top of it back when people wrote letters, you know, and that was a promo for our show, you know viewers for quality television were, were, you know, were crazy about us and promoted us all the time. We were, we were always, you know, we, we never, I never felt comfortable, maybe, maybe between the season two and three, maybe we felt like we were going to, you know, come back. I think when we kind of started winning our time slot and we felt, we started to feel pretty good, but it was just, it was always touch and go.
0: Was it rough on you having to be in every zine pretty much for the whole series?
1: It was, you know, I can't deny that. It was very physically demanding. Um, it was emotionally demanding. It was certainly time demanding. It was crazy how much time we spent. Back then, there, there were less, there was less care for the crews and, and less, I certainly had less, um, protection in terms of my contract. And I would, I, I just didn't, I was young. I didn't really take care of myself that much in terms of the workload and things. So. I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, you just kind of sink your teeth and you say, well, you know, you, you look at it, I always looked at it as a marathon and, you know, you was, you just had to pick up and move from episode to episode. And, and I always had a different new cast I had to learn every week, you know, and every seven or eight days or nine or 10 went back then. And, and that was, that was, you know, wonderful, but it was also, you know, it added extra stress and challenges and, you know, every, every group was different and, um, you had, you know, weeks that were per- lovely, workable, fantastic. And then you had weeks where, you know, it was like, you know, it was a struggle. And, um, so, you know, I got through it. I got through it in one piece. I had great help from Diamond Farnsworth and the spent community kept me alive and, uh, set up stuff so that I could do a lot and, and, but also be safe. And, you know, I had a few minor things go wrong, but, you know, it was a lot of, uh, physical stuff and, and along with the long hours. So. I, uh, I certainly couldn't do that now, but, um, it was, it was a challenge, but everybody kind of was in the same, every department was challenged, everybody was challenged creatively, and it just made for a really energetic kind of environment where we kind of picked each other up and, and just kept, kept on going on, and everybody believed in the show, and it was never boring because we were making these little mini period movies, really, every eight to ten days, and, and that was always exciting, and, um, we never knew what was going to happen to me, what my challenges were going to be in terms of skills I would have to learn or pretend to know. And so that certainly kept me on my toes. So it flew by, I have to say it was never, you were never, you were never sitting there saying, Oh my gosh, not another courtroom scene or something. We were, we never had anything, nothing ever repeated except a couple of sets. So, so it was uh unique in that sense. And, uh, Happily, you know, uh, I survived. I only worked with, you know, one actor repeatedly. Dean only had to work with me. Everybody else was a new actor all the time.
0: I have the great opportunity of interviewing your co-stars every time we do a new episode. Yeah. Without fail, they always make it clear that you are one of the nicest, most generous, giving people they've ever worked with. Is that a conscious thing that you do, or is it just you're a, just a great guy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, again, um. I'm in the business, this business, cause I like actors. I like, I like being around actors. I like working, I like being an actor and working on scenes and creating e- emotional moments and, and creating, uh, scenes and, and uh, episodes that, that work, that are moving, that are thought provoking, that are exciting, that are funny, all of those things. I, I, I love that aspect of it. So I, you know, I'm a fan of actors. So it starts there and, I also realized early on, I didn't do a lot of guesting in the beginning of my career, but I did enough of it to know what it's like to be a guest. And I also, because of the nature of quantum being that it was just Dean and myself and he never had to work with anybody else except me, um, that the episodes were really, and I feel this way, you know, what I'm doing right now too on NCIS is that the episodes are only ultimately as good as um, your guests that come on. And the best way to be, to have success for your guests is for them to feel comfortable, for them to feel important, for them to feel like they have a voice, that they, that they have an opinion, that we can work together and create something together. And so that's just always been my feeling. It's just, a, it's, it's, uh, you could say uh, oh, that it's selfish that I, you know, the, the better the guests are, the more, the happier they are, um, the better our work's going to be because, you know, it's hard to come in and, Say hi, hello, and you know you've got a, a, a romantic scene with a, with somebody, and you have to climb into bed with them, and 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 you've met them five minutes earlier. It's just it's 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 goofy what we do sometimes. So and there's no planning. It's not like oh every time you can always meet somebody and work with them for five days before you have to do any intense kind of emotional thing. It's sometimes it's the first, the hardest scene in the episode is the first one you shoot. So it was just it's always been. I want to, I I like what we do. I like working on a set. I like the teamwork. I like it to be loose and people to have a good time because I don't understand why you wouldn't have a good time in, in our business. There's no, you can, you know, I, I I always hear the stories about directors or people that like to have tension and upset and people intrigued. And I just think that that's that's, you know, everybody can do whatever they want to do and create all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're making, we're creating roles, we're creating fiction, we're, and yes, we want to be believable and real and everything, but that's our job is to do that. And, and while we're here working for all these hours, they might as well be pleasant. So that's just kind of my overall philosophy. And there's so many great actors that I've worked with and gr- that are wonderful, lovely, engaging, interesting people and they're actors and I'm, a, I'm one too. So it's, um, it's, it's never been, You know, it's never been a a challenge or like a like a goal of mine. It's just how I feel like we can all get the best out of, make the most of our days, get the work done quickly and and beautifully, and go home.
0: You mentioned that it could be emotionally difficult, and I think that's probably some of the best parts of Quantum Leap is when the emotion was there and those moments like in MIA and the Leap Home. And how much of yourself do you have to put into the character of Sam Beckett when you were doing it? Well,
1: you know, it's always, you always pull from your life and your experiences. And certainly I, I wasn't able to pull from being a child genius and going to MIT and having all of that stuff but i'm also I'm from the midwest I understand farmers I understand um the midwest kind of mentality about treating people and how they feel about their neighbors and and so I used a lot of that there's a certain naivete that i that Sam Beckett had that I could relate to and i and I brought in brought in that also but you know the emotion really you know in my opinion comes from what's in a script and we had the great good fortune of having a lot of wonderful scripts that had great emotional moments in them. And I can say without, you know, there are very few scripts. There were many times when I'd read a script that would show up and I, it would, I'd be moved to tears and not just in year one, but in year five and, and, and that's just, you know, good writing. And then, and then, you know, Dean was always so great with his with stuff and surprising and you never really quite knew where he was going to come from. The Jimmy episode, the first Jimmy episode, when he was talking about his sister and the scene and he just, you know, they were, those moments were on the page and, um, and they were successful on the page and we, our job was to just, you know, let them, let them happen. And, and, uh, we were, you know, so lucky to have, uh, Don and, you know, we had a ton of great writers on the show, but the, Don Belisario has a, he's a big, big hearted, um, rough and tumble Italian guy, um, that wants everybody to think that he's, you know, tough and, uh, you know, he, he can be, let's just put it that way. But, uh, at the core of it, all those, all the relationship stuff between Sam and Al, that's, that's Don, that's a part of him that really comes through. It's not in just in our series, it's in Magnum and all, you know, a lot of his great stuff that he really explored those relationships, and they worked.
0: What are some of the um, big moments that stick out in your memory for Sam Beckett?
1: Well, certainly, gosh, there's so many, I can't even, I couldn't even begin. But, so, you know, the lead poem is always, you know, one of my favorites, because that was just, and I got to play my father in it, and, and the, we got to sing, imagine, in it, and then the whole relationship with my brother that carried over to M.I.A., those were two just remarkable back-to-back episodes um you know the uh, the whole oswald that two hour piece was was fantastic and um la mancha was w- w- wonderful and uh you know, the last episode was great the jimmy episode you know again we just we we kept finding meeting these creating these interesting situations that Sam would get into and uh, they just you know really it really was kind of a the perfect scenario I and mean, it could have, it just could have, it could have gone on and on, you know, for, there was no, it could, it could, Quantum Leap could have been like, it could have easily been Doctor Who, it could have been Doctor Beckett, you know, and you just, it could have been, you know, I could have gotten tired after a certain amount, and I could put a new guy in there and a new, a new Al in there and it could have just gone on and on because the, because the, the premise of the show was, is, is perfect and that, you know, you, what's it like to be walking somebody else's shoes? And it's as simple as that. And what would you do if you could do something over again?
0: So many people when they talk about Quantum Leap today, they always are hoping for more Quantum Leap. Do you think there will be eventually a reboot or a reimagining of Quantum Leap?
1: Oh, somebody will do it, yeah. They'll figure it out. It's just, you know, whether it's Don that does it or 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 somebody. I I'm sure they will because our 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 town of Hollywood is famous for um reimagining, you know, old ideas. There are only so many new ideas anyway. Mm. So uh, so I'm, I, it'll happen it'll happen at some point you know it's, just been, it's been a troubled road uh, so far with that but they'll, somebody will figure it out
0: yeah so it's almost surprising that it hasn't happened yet
1: oh it's very surprising but but you know um, you know the last time I talked to Don he said yeah they're always, everybody wants me to write Magnum they want to write in the Magnum movie they want me to write the Quantum Leap movie and you know and you know he's not a he's got a lot going on in his life and yeah. uh, that's not necessarily a priority for him so Mm
0: -hmm. we're just grateful for what we had five seasons that's pretty good yeah it's not bad it's not bad (laughs) (laughs) talking about uh the leap home and uh playing your dad could you tell me what that was like playing opposite yourself and having to do all the makeup and the technical part of it
1: well it was grueling it was a grueling experience mainly because just back then the the prosthetics and and the the system that existed to do age and makeup and everything just took a really long time so um I started the first time we did it. I was, I went into makeup at 11 o'clock. I think I went to Jerry's house at 11 o'clock at night, Jerry Quist, and he put it on from 11 till, you know, I went in work at 7.30 and, um, in the morning and worked until lunch. Then we took it off and then I shot the rest of the day. I, I shot my side of the scenes. So it was complicated. And then Mike Mills came in and then he was doing it, but he would, we'd go to the trailer at whatever time in the middle of the night. I think we, I think the last couple, it almost always took, though, about eight hours. So it was it was arduous. And uh, the last time I did it, I was actually directing the episode also. And it was, well, uh, it was, uh, it was insane.
0: Were they able to use the same makeup again when you reprised the role of your dad in that episode, Promised Land?
1: Uh, no. Well, it was the same mold. But no, every time you take that, once, it's a one-time makeup. So I think I had seven different appliance pieces on my face and a wig and... And so, you know, a bald cap and a hairpiece after that. And so those all, once you're done with that, you throw those away. We kept the hairpiece, I think. but
0: At least they kept the all over again. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Was that your decision to bring back your dad in that episode or did they write that?
1: No, that was in the script. Okay. That was the script that they wrote.
0: How did you feel about directing those three episodes of Quantum Leap?
1: Oh, I had a ball. Yeah, I had a ball. Loved it. Had a great time. Um, I loved uh, just working with the actors and being able to talk to the actors or um, in a different way than uh, you you're able to when you're acting with a with a director with a director so it's uh it's really you know it was it was very enjoyable it was a protected kind of environment because I knew everybody i knew everybody's strengths i knew everybody's weaknesses and I knew what you know I just tell people to go do their thing and it worked out great you know the world again back then there was no video playback you just uh, watched it on a monitor and so they had to rig up uh, an old VHS deck and attach that somehow to the top of the the monitor, and then record that, and then put it on a tape, and I could watch it back if I wanted to, and take it home. It was, you know, it was a big McGilly, McGilla back then. <laughs> so it's way different now, certainly, but um back then it was uh, it was a little bit of a challenge, but it worked. It worked out. I was I'm I haven't looked at any of those in a while, but I'm pretty proud of what I did with them and we had some really really tough days and we made them so it was good.
0: Did you ever get the urge to direct on enterprise?
1: Um not really. I mean I probably would have eventually but um that was a that was an interesting time and and there was so much technical stuff and I was just kind of getting familiar with you know all of the technology that was already in place because that was a well-oiled machine uh, already just coming off of Voyager and they've had the movies going and it was just, so we were, I was kind of behind in terms of, I wasn't with, the, you know, they had their effects people and everything that, that had been doing it for 15 years. So there was a lot of uh, educating that needed to be, to be done. And, and we had a bunch of good directors and, um, I didn't, I didn't actually, I didn't actually pursue it in, in that, in that show at all. And although I probably would have down the line.
0: Oh, cool. For Quantum Leap, did most of the directors, did you enjoy working with them? Were there any that just didn't get the character or the show while you were working on them?
1: No, we really, you know, I I finally, you know, after the first couple of years, I said to Don, I said, you know, I, it's really hard for me to get through the year. And if you could just, if you wouldn't mind and the network would be okay, I would, I'd like to just limit the number of directors we have so that I, the people that came would know the show. That was the hardest part was when a new director came in and. He didn't know how we did the mirror shots. He didn't know how we did the leaps in and out and the, the bringing Dean in and out, because it was again way before any of the technology from today. So um, it was all little kind of tricks, but they took time and, and I just said, you know, it's I'm because I'm there every second of it. And I, you know, the people, once they know how to do it, then they get in and they do it right. You know, it's quick and it's, they know how to do it and we're moving along as opposed to, you know, kind of re. Relearning it for new directors and not to say that we didn't have some new directors that came along but for the most part I said pretty much after season two I just said you gotta you gotta help me out here because it's just it, it's it's exhausting to help directors and new people that hadn't directed before but I said oh my gosh they haven't directed before and they're directing our show and I, and I end up I ended up having to do a lot and and, met, and it was fine and it was I don't mind working that way sometimes but uh, over the course of a year, it would just took a huge extra toll on me energy wise. And I just, you know, so we, we kind of got a stable of directors that were pretty, you know, consistent and they liked doing the show and we could kind of rotate them. And it was like, okay, here comes Whitmore, here comes Inberg, here comes, you know, different people, Joe and all. So we would just have right kind of a bunch of regulars and then we, everybody was comfortable
0: that's good so towards the end of the series it was probably getting uh, almost like clockwork and better for you
1: well no, see the problem was we never had because every episode we didn't have any repeating anything uh. so every episode started from scratch it was a new new year a new look a new all different cars uh, every department had to figure out what's the right wardrobe what's the right signage what's the right uh, and the script was brand new there was no carryover there wasn't anybody else except Dean and myself you know you had to You had to recast and get new people and come, you know, so it was never, it was never clock. It was never clockwork. It was always, always a challenge because there was just nothing, nothing repeated. We had the, we had the sets where, um, back home, uh, if you will, in the, in the, in our workspace where we had some leftover, you know, we had the, all of our scientific stuff, our, you know, the chamber and all those kinds of things. But we only went there, I think, maybe twice, maybe three times, and that was it. So those were that's those were our standing sets. We didn't have anything else. So everything was everything was new. You couldn't go in and flip on the switches and say, "Here we are, back in the courtroom, um, and we're lit." You know, it's just like no. Everyone we had to kind of re reimagine, redo, re or just create from scratch.
0: I wanted to ask you about when you were playing Sam Beckett and when you would leap into a new Leap E every episode. It seemed to us while we're watching it that you take on certain personality traits of the Leap E. In your mind, when you were doing that, if you were doing that, how much of the Leap E were you adding to the character of Sam Beckett? And did that make for almost a different character every episode for you? Um,
1: I think that most of that was in the imagination of the audience, which, which is just fine. I, I started making conscious choices in about year three that I would start letting the journey affect Sam Beckett on more of a cellular level than just an external level. And, um, because it was just something that I thought was interesting and Don didn't object to it. And I didn't really, we didn't even really talk about it. I just started doing it. Certainly. And I forget what season Oswald was, if that was the beginning of three or four, but, Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, those kind of episodes just were kind of so deeply troubling and emotional. And when we did the episode in the sh- uh, shot theater, I think, and stuff, I just felt like we could take the license, certainly in the sci-fi genre, to start letting some of these experiences start to kind of, and and the time travel and the, you know, the molecular rearranging and everything. I just thought it'd be interesting if we touched on that a little bit. So I started laying stuff in. Um, it was fun to do. It was different things, the pregnancy episode, things like that, where it just took it a little bit further than say what I, what I would have done in the first, you know, 15 episodes. And, and um, and it was, I do, I like to do things like that. If, if it's correct for, or it feels right to me, then I think it's fun for the, you know, for people who are watching the show may not be, and I don't talk about it when I'm doing it. It's not like, here's what I'm going to do this year on the show. I just, you let stuff sink in and you let people because now that everything everything can be watched over and over and over again. And, um, that felt the same way about Enterprise and, um, you know, things that I've done that have been around for a while, even then of a certain age, you just, you start laying, layering your part. That's what we do as actors. You start building and, and trying to generate something that's, that's alive and breathing as a character. And, and, uh, so I just started pushing those things in there and it, it's, you know, it was, I did it for me, for the, you know, it's little, little, um, cherries for the fans, you know, and, uh, people that get it, people that don't, it's, it's okay.
0: Do you think the writers pick up on what you're doing and write towards that more?
1: I don't know. I never talked to any of them about it. I just took what they gave me and then I just, if there was something that felt right to do, then I, I went and did it and I, you know, I'd find that quite often I'd just find it on the, uh, you know, while we were shooting it. Um, just as I do, you know, on, on NCIS here or whatever, you'll be in a scene to say, well, I wonder what would happen if I, you know, grab that guy's arm here or whatever it is and it changed the whole scene. So, I mean, the whole, um, the whole scene. And So, um, I don't, I don't think they, they never wrote anything in a script that said anything to that nature. Mm, okay. Um, but there was definitely an energy and a vibe about what we were doing and, and I, I just took what they wrote and, and what pushed it a little bit
0: further. I have a little bit of a technical question. I've, I spoke with Tommy Thompson and I spoke with Mr. Belisario yeah. about, like, uh-huh. the science of quantum leap. And uh-huh. through, from what I understand, there was no hard rules. But what is your take on, like, if your body was actually there or if it was your just your personality and different things like that?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> that, that's, like, impossible. i but, my best memories of all of this were people writing us letters and saying you've broken the rules of time travel. That was my favorite part of the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: Steven Spielberg established these rules and you can't you guys can change them. And uh and that that always that's always made me laugh. But I like Don's idea about about your life as a you know, is 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 a circle, a string and if you ball it up and different parts of the string touch each other, you can move from one to the other. Um I, I believe that we're energy so energy can be moved and shaped and twisted around. So, and, and what we perceive of our realities around us is certainly uh, something that is our, uh, we can imagine any way we want to. And, um, we're, we look at things that we think are something at the table, but we all, we know that it's made up of cells and energy. And so, um, I like to feel that as, you know, that that was also an evolving thing, that that we took a convention that the character, the appearance didn't shift, but, you know, the, the person inside, the essence of the person was not there anymore. That my, uh, the essence of Sam Beckett was in that person for that amount of time. The energy, my spirit was in that person and their spirit was back in my body. So that's how I
0: always looked at it. Very cool. Very cool. The episode, the leap back, where you leap back to Project Quantum Leap and you get your memories back and find out you're married. Yeah. Was that Sam Beckett more of uh, what Sam Beckett really was like without the Swiss cheese?
1: Um, I always felt that I, I had that like a moment of clarity, like you came up for air and and you saw everything, and then I then I got pulled back into it again, and it was all gone again, basically. Again, that was the conceit of the script that I had no memory of. Being back there, and and her feelings about me, and that we were married, et cetera, and that and that she she understood that and forgave that, and and uh, it allowed Sam to be a free agent basically, and and just go into each experience fresh. Uh, probably, if it was redone these day in this day and age, there wouldn't be a wife back home, you know, so there wouldn't be any, you know, any kind of potential, you know, Al wouldn't have to be thinking in his head, oh my gosh, Sam, you know, you got he's got a wife back there, but. Um, it would probably be a little, it'd be a little looser than it was back then. But, um, it, you know, it worked. It was interesting. It was an interesting choice. It certainly, I don't think it was something they thought about when they created the show. Um, it just kind of said, well, what happens if he went back and the thing and then he had to leave his wife to go back and save Al or whatever it was. And, you know, it, it, it was a, it was quick. It was a quick little glimpse of, of his world. And then we were gone because, the audience didn't really want to be back there. They wanted to be, you know, the, I always say the audience wants to believe that Sam's still out there leaping around.
0: Mirror Image, what did you think of it, and how was it different when it aired from when you read the script and filmed it? Because I understand there was alternate endings, and they didn't come up with the final title card until a couple of days before it aired.
1: Oh, well, uh, you know, I've said this many times, but it was the greatest piece of writing that, that we did on the whole show, short of the creating the, creating the show because it had to, it served five different purposes. It was, you know, if we got renewed, if we got canceled forever, if we were going to make a movie of the week, if there was going to be a feature film. Um, so Don had to fulfill all of these, uh, ideally he was trying to, you know, serve a bunch of different masters and get the show, all these possibilities instead set up. It's the last show. So, because we didn't know when we, when we shot it and, um, and I, whenever I look at it or see it or some, talk to somebody, I think it's genius because it was such, an, uh, such a bizarre, abstract kind of journey, trip back memory, whatever memory lane would be for Sam, um, with all these different characters that we'd seen, but in, in a different situation, it was pretty trippy and God and Bruce McGill, you know, just all kinds of stuff going on. And, uh, I just thought it was, you know, it was so much fun to shoot, uh Jimmy Whitmore shot that episode uh obviously, you know it was Don's family's bar recreated down you know within an inch of its life into the pictures and the pig knuckles on the on the bar <laughs> um his family came in and were just you know moved to tears when they walked in to to see it and and always you know we had a feeling it was gonna be the last episode, so it was extremely emotional and outside of shooting, it's always hard when you're it's like closing night on a Broadway show or something you just it's very hard to get through the show because you've been through so much and you've had so many experiences. And it was weird. It was like the rap party that year was weird because we were like, "Is this really a rap party? Is it a rap rap party?" Or uh, it was just it was a uh, it, it, it was extremely difficult. And yet, I think the fact that people still talk about it. Some people didn't like it. Some people hardly anybody. You can never find any show where everybody says, Oh, that was the best last episode ever. Everybody's always unhappy in some, wa- some way, shape, or form. And, and, you know, I, I still am intrigued and puzzled and delighted by the whole episode. And, and the fact that we're still talking about what did it mean and who was that and was that God and was that, who was it? Bruce Wiggett, all of those things. It's like, great. That's good. Everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be all spelled out all the time. So I, 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 I loved it. Uh, great scenes in it, great scenes with Dean at the end. It was just, you know, I was, it was, uh, and then you had the card at the end, you know, all of that stuff. And, uh, so that's, that was the last episode. It's crazy.
0: One of the greatest parts, probably, of the series is when Sam goes back and changes Al's timeline with Beth. How do you think that would yeah. have affected, uh, season six if we would have gotten it?
1: Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I don't know. Certainly that, changing that he had a wife and kids and everything doesn't mean that he still would have. Hmm. That makes sense. It still could have been part of his life and his history and his story, but it doesn't mean that he didn't, you know, wasn't a, uh, had got divorced or we don't know, you know, we we just, that's it. We changed that moment. I'm not sure that it meant, I know it said that we know now, you know, basically Al lived happily ever after. Dan Becca never made it home and everything. So, I don't know what we, I don't know how he would have worked out. We never talked about it, to be quite honest.
0: And finally, before we go, is there anything you'd like to say to all the leapers that are listening?
1: Uh, no, just, you know, I, it's been, it's been a lot of great years and, uh, sharing this, this journey with everybody. And I'm, I'm always delighted that new people find it. And, uh, still so many people talk about watching Quantum Leap with their family. And that's always, I think, a great, um, it's a it's you know a sign of the times back then, but certainly it's it always makes me happy that people Oh yeah, i this I watch this every Sunday with my dad or you know, this we all sat around the T V and watched it. No, because people don't do that anymore, so very seldom anyway. And so I'm you know, it's 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 a miraculous journey that we're still around and all over the planet and, and well received and um something I'm proud of and uh it's the fans have been awesome for many, many years and and we keep getting new ones.
0: Thank you so much.
1: You got it.